0: This is 30 Day Trek. I'm your host, Luke and in this episode, we are covering Star Trek The Motion Picture, specifically the director's edition that came out in 2001 on DVD and after two decades is finally getting a 4K remaster that will be released on Paramount Plus in December with hopefully a 4K UHD Blu-ray release in 2022. And if there's any film that you should upgrade your home entertainment system for, this is one of them. This is the film where, long after the original five-year mission of the Enterprise has ended, a behemoth of an entity called V'ger is consuming everything in his path and heading towards Earth. This brings Admiral Kirk out from behind his desk job and back to the retrofitted Enterprise to take command away from Commander Decker and Spock away from Vulcan, where he was about to purge himself of all emotion in the Kolinar ceremony. And with Bones, Scotty, Uhura, Sulu, and Chekhov, as well as Decker and Lieutenant Ilya, the Enterprise warps to encounter V'ger and stop its progress towards Earth. Before I get into why I love this film, I'd like to give a little bit the background of both the production, the film's place within the Star Trek universe, as well as my own personal taste in movies. Starting with the latter, one of the joys of being a cinephile is finding films that generally are either ignored at best and disregarded and crapped on at worst, but you personally defend as a favorite of yours. And it's interesting to see what films are the ones that specific people defend. In my case, I have a few films that I will go to bat for and defend to the death, even if I see the flaws within them. My second favorite film is Back to the Future Part 3. And while I get and understand why the first film is the universally beloved classic that's practically perfect in every way, even though Robert Zemeckis himself will be the first person to point out that it isn't, Part 3 I love because it's the film that made me want to be a filmmaker the first time I saw it when I was six. And that's the kind of cinephile that I am. I prefer Dark City over The Matrix. I prefer the Disney version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame over The Lion King. And when it comes to Star Trek films, I'm a minority of one in that I actually prefer the motion picture over The Wrath of Khan. With Wrath of Khan, no matter how many times I try, I can never quite click with it and love it as much as everyone and their grandma does. I think it's average at best and isn't the be-all-end-all of the Trek films. For starters... I don't think Khan is that great of a villain. The people who say that Khan is the best villain in all of Star Trek clearly haven't seen Golducott from Deep Space Nine in action. I think the reason he's so beloved is that Ricardo Montalban matches Shatner in the -the over-the-top acting department. When he says, He tasks me. He tasks me. I can't take him seriously. Another thing that always bothered me is that Kirk's arc of feeling old and out of place always felt like it came out of nowhere, especially in relation to the motion picture, which I'll touch on later. And Kirk yelling, has been so overplayed and parodied to the point that if I ever hear another person doing that again I'm going to punch a hole in a wall and while the death and funeral of Spock is still an incredibly powerful moment it's undercut retroactively knowing that Spock will be back by the end of the next film and Nimoy will still be involved with the franchise right up to Star Trek 09 although that last one is more of a retrospect thing so I'm willing to give it a pass. But getting back to the motion picture, this is the film that for the longest time has gotten a lot of crap from both the fans and from general audiences, with fans calling it the motionless picture or the boring one. And admittedly, it is a bit of an acquired taste if you go into it thinking that this was going to be like Star Wars or the later films that emphasize the action. And when you know the history of the production with its very long and protracted development, troubled shoot, and rushed post-production to meet a set-in-stone release date, one tends to be a bit more forgiving. After the original series had exploded in popularity in the 70s, thanks to syndication and the first fan conventions, there was a lot of back and forth over what form Star Trek was going to come back as. First it was going to be a movie, then they were going to do a sequel series called Phase 2 with everyone except for Leonard Nimoy coming back, and there was going to be a new Vulcan character named Zahn that was going to replace Spock. But then as soon as Star Wars hit and every studio in Hollywood was looking to cash in, the show got cancelled and it went back to being a... A big budget tentpole film for Paramount. And after resolving the issues Leonard Nimoy had over likeness rights and money owed to him for said rights, Spock was back and Star Trek was heading to the big screen for a December 7th 1979 release that was going to be met at all costs. Which to this day is still indeterminate with the budget ranging from 15 to 45 million dollars. This was Paramount's most expensive film they produced since The Ten Commandments from Cecil B. DeMille. And with Gene producing and constantly rewriting it and clashing with the studio as well as Robert Wise, the legendary editor-turned-director who was brought in to direct the film, the film went over-schedule and over-budget, with all of the visual effects basically having to be redone by Douglas Trumbull, the visual effects artist behind 2001 A Space Odyssey. And with said release date being set in stone, the theatrical cut of the film was basically the assembly cut. This was the only film in Robert Wise's career that he didn't have test screenings for because he couldn't, which is why the director's edition that came out in 2001 is the real version of the film you should watch because it tightens up the editing, includes new visual effects that don't clash with Trumbull's FX work, which is why it's taken this long for the version to get a proper 4K HD remaster, and includes a moment that I'll play later that personally for me is the best moment in all of the Trek films. So, having all that context going in, I'll now tell you why I love the motion picture. For starters, this has scale. However much money they dumped into this film, every single penny of it was on screen. It had to. After 10 years of Star Trek being off the air with only reruns and the animated series keeping the franchise on life support, this film is what brought Star Trek back to life. All the stops had to be pulled out. And nowhere is this more apparent than in the scene with Kirk and Scotty flying around the retrofitted Enterprise. While it's a scene that gets mocked and made fun of, I particularly like both the nod to it with the crew of the Cerritos looking reverently at and Billups crying over the Cerritos ship in the Lower Decks episode Crisis Point, and the meme of, may you find someone who looks at you the same way Kirk looks at the Enterprise, this is personally my fourth favorite moment in all of the Trek films. It's an important scene not only in terms of establishing the scale of the ship for later on when it looks microscopic within the bowels of Viger, but it's a homecoming for both Kirk, who had spent the last few years behind the desk as an admiral, and for the audience. For Kirk, it ties into the theme of the film, which I'll get to later. And for the audience, it was the culmination of what had transformed from a a cult show and into a cultural movement that's still going strong today. And the moment is given the gravitas that it deserves. This isn't just some cool looking spaceship. This is the Enterprise, and the scene is elevated with Jerry Goldsmith's score, which is universally considered to be the best part of the film, so much so that his main theme for the film was reused for the theme for The Next Generation, and it's always funny hearing Star Trek podcast episodes where people begrudgingly watch the motion picture for the first time and realize that this is where the TNG theme comes from but the scale of the visuals wouldn't mean much if there wasn't a great story and characters attached to it. And while some fans say that the story of the film is just a rehash of the TOS episode The Changeling, I find this far more memorable than that episode, and this tells that story to far better effect. One of the overreaching themes of the franchise is the enemy is not what it appears to be. And this message goes all the way back to TOS with episodes like Devil in the Dark, where a rock monster that is killing all these miners is in fact a mother protecting her babies. And also going forward with a season one episode of Deep Space Nine that is my favorite episode of not only that series, but of all of Star Trek, which I'll get to later. And that message is on full display here with the big twist of the film in that v is in fact the Voyager probe that was launched in the 70s and has accumulated all the knowledge in the universe and has become self-aware and is wanting to take the next step in its evolution this is conveyed in a scene that only exists in the director's edition where as the enterprise is allowed to journey towards the inner sanctum of kirk notices that spock who earlier in the film had been trying to purge all human emotion within himself is now crying not for us no captain not for us for V'ger. I weep for V'ger as I would for a brother. As I was when I came aboard. So is V'ger now. Empty, incomplete, and searching. Logic and knowledge are not enough. Spock, are you saying that you found what you needed, but V'ger hasn't? What would V'ger need to fulfill itself? Each of us, at some time in our lives, turns to someone, a father, a brother, a god, and asks, Why am I here? What was I meant to be? V'ger hopes to touch its creator, to find its answers. Is this all that I am? nothing more? Star Trek The Motion Picture is about our characters finding their purpose and place in their lives. For Kirk, it's getting back to doing what he does best, captaining the Enterprise. For Spock, it's serving aboard the Enterprise and being Kirk's commanding officer, confidant, and best friend. For Decker it's being a part of something bigger than himself. And for Vizur, it's evolving past its primary function and becoming a new life form. All these character journeys tie into the overreaching philosophy and belief of the franchise and what has made Star Trek endure for 55 years now. It's the belief that the future of our species is not one of self-destruction, but of self-improvement. That with the right amount of ingenuity and compassion, that we can become a part of something greater than ourselves. And no other film in the franchise exemplifies is better than The Motion Picture, which may have gotten a lot of crap over the last four decades, but I'm glad to see it's finally coming around in the estimation of the fans with not only its scale, but its philosophy and message. Join me tomorrow when we cover my second favorite Star Trek film. If The Motion Picture was the beginning of the human adventure, then this one was the end of an era in every sense. Live long and prosper, and also, live well.